0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone.
1: You're in the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for joining me. Let's kick it off with inside linebacker Brandon Marshall. He had a big day Wednesday as the Broncos announced that he and the team would contribute $50,000 to launch a project of his Williams Marshall Cares Leadership Program. The money will go to the Denver Rescue Mission and two local nonprofit organizations focused on youth education and developing leadership. Outstanding stuff from Brandon Marshall. He talked with Ryan Edwards, Steve Atwater, and yours truly in the locker room on Wednesday. Ryan, take it away.
0: Before we get into the game this last week, the one coming up, uh, the Broncos, they uh, they got involved with the field uh, with, with with you guys. Just describe what that means to you that they're yeah. donating, they're working with $50,000 on this deal.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, it means a lot, so, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, get together and, and, and help out some some, some great organizations in uh, in Denver and as well help out my uh, initiative as well. So, you know, the fact that they back me is uh, it's, it's a, a huge boost of confidence and I definitely appreciate it. It uh, lets me know I'm doing the right thing. Where do you
1: see your foundation going in the years to come, even way down the line after you're playing this?
2: Man, uh, it's kind of tough to... To kind of picture that right now you know but i'm hoping it just keeps going up you know um i know you know guys like like you know the other brandon marshall his foundation is probably going to skyrocket you know for years to come you know even when he's done you know um, that mental health thing is huge so uh, hopefully i can get mine going in the right direction and and, and keep taking it all the way up
3: you yeah, know when, when did you first start getting involved with uh, these, these types of movements man you're kind of Take, taking the bull by the horns with it as well. Uh, how did you decide to do that?
2: Man, you know what? Even in college, I kind of wanted to, 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 to give back. I wanted to be in, like, the big brother, big sister program. I just didn't have enough time, you know. College is, is I'm, I'm too busy. So, you know, once I, I made it and I kind of, you know, found some stability in the NFL, I knew I, I always wanted to do that, you know. So it kind of started small, just going to camps or going to whatever the Broncos had. Then I was like, okay, you know, maybe I can get my own foundation, you know. mentorship program since i wanted to be in big brother big sister program uh i want to be a mentor in essence right so i want to um i started my own mentorship program so then i was like okay how can i even further this right then i you know this opportunity got presented to me as far as like the field movement goes and i was like oh okay let's go you know let's do it so and you know i know look I, i i study hard i focus on ball but at the same time i know i have a heart for this i have a heart for the community so this is part of me and so as long as I'm playing this game, and even after I'm playing this game, I will continue to do stuff like this.
0: That's really awesome and good. really cool the Broncos are getting involved in it as well. All right, let's uh, get to a little, little football. Talking about the uh, game against the Chiefs this last week before we moved to the, the Jets, how did you feel like the Broncos' defense played? How did you guys feel like doing executing the things you wanted to do, slowing down Travis, Kelsey, et cetera?
2: You know, we played great defense for about three quarters, man, you know, maybe three, three quarters plus. You know, then the last couple of drives, man, they was just throwing the ball on us. Uh, they moving the ball. We were up by ten, I think it was 23-13. I'm not sure how much time was left, but then they just started moving the ball, man. And you know, it still haunts me that second and 30. You know, I think defenses win that at least 98% of the time. You know, three downs to get 30 yards. You know, but the first one they got a huge chunk. They got 23 yards in the, on second down, man. That's crazy. So. Um, you know, I know I, I, I thought I played pretty well uh, in the past game, but I gave up those two catches in the, the third or the fourth, I forgot, to Travis, man. So that kind of haunts me as well. So, you know, we just we got to move on. You know, we got to move on. We got the Jets in, in, in a few days and got a short week. But, it's, you know, that one was tough to tough pill to swallow.
1: What steps do you take to move on and get past that?
2: Yeah, man, I think, you know, you know, like Vaughn was saying today, man, we got to bring that same energy that we brought to practice all last week, that same energy, man, that same focus and that same drive, man, and, uh, you know, learn from our, our mistakes, you know, I think we didn't get the chance to watch the film together because it's a short week, so we watched on our own, right? We watched on our own and we saw what we did wrong and, um, you know, we know the techniques we got to clean up, so we are just going to bring that same energy we brought last week to practice and attack uh, this week and I think we'll be fine.
3: So, what, what can you say that you guys learned from that particular play,
2: and what do you think the team could do differently next time in that situation? Oh, man, that, that second long, you, know, um, you know. Everybody's got to do their job, you know. Everybody has to just do do their job, you know, no matter what the play call is. You know, we got to do our job, be focused on our job throughout the down. Um, we have to know that we have a, an athletic quarterback who has a, a, a hell of a arm, man. He threw that ball on the rope, first of all, running out to his right, threw it on the rope. So the fact that he's athletic and, you know, and he can throw on the run, you have to know that. So we have to plaster, right? We have to, that's what we call it. we got to plaster, man. we got to stay on the receivers because, um, you know, we know when he gets out the pocket, man, we got to stay because he can, he can make the throw from anywhere. You know, he made a left-hand throw in the game. You know, it's just, it's just wild, man. So the guy is talented, um, and we play those types of quarterbacks, man. we gotta got to be on our game.
0: Yeah, and, and on that, and Vince Joseph talked about in the press conference yesterday. It talked about contain and, and like how difficult it is for you guys to stay plastered when uh, basically he he wants to get out of the pocket. That that's clearly what he was, and he set a record for 192 yards passing outside of the pocket. It's the first time in like 10 years that a quarterback has done anything like that. So I mean, you, you come off a game like that, and then so you say, okay, well, for future, that's what we can do against him because you're going to see him again this year. But in generally speaking, I mean, h- how difficult it is that playing a quarterback like that? You know wants to play outside
2: the pocket it's definitely tougher you know um, the traditional quarterbacks you know like Tom Brady you know they make all the throws but he won't extend the play you know he's not going to necessarily extend the play man so um I'm not saying you gotta you can relax in coverage but what I'm saying is you know when you got uh, uh, you know uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes that type of quarterback right you have to be focused you know even longer than you, than you would if you're playing a, a Phillip Rivers you know what I'm saying so we gotta know that
1: You've got a gear shift then this week going against Sam Darnold a little more of a pocket passer. What do you see from him on film?
2: Yeah, I mean he's definitely a pocket passer. He's young. Um I think he can make all the throws, man. Uh, he can make all the throws. He's still young, so we hope to to take advantage of that. But I think he's still a good quarterback. Um I think he has all the tools, man. He's athletic, you know, he has all the tools to to be a great quarterback in this league, man. Um you know, we just know that right now he's young. We just got to take advantage of that, which is crazy. Uh Patrick Mahomes is young, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's doing his thing. But, you know, I think it's, it's just two different two different players, two different schemes as well. So, you know, we just, just got to take advantage of it, man. And, um, you know, uh, I think first and, first, first and foremost, we got to stop the run. I think coaches just want to make the young quarterbacks feel comfortable, um, you know, with the run. Um, I guess we're running the ball. So, you know, I think that's what they're going to do. Um, you know, our old offensive coordinators, their run game coordinator you know, Rick Dennison. So we got to look back because he was with Buffalo last year. They beat us. Um, You know, they ran a lot of bootlegs. A lot of bootlegs. The the, the different run game that they had, I think he's going to look back and say, okay, this works against the Broncos. You know, I coached there. So we got to, you know, be on top of our game.
3: Would you say that the team has done a great job of, you know, kind of learning what they could on a kind of short week this week too from that Kansas City game and, and, you know, are ready to move forward? Or do you think there'll still be some lingering on because it was such a close game and, you know, such a great game plan.
2: Uh, I think, I think today's the last day that anybody would have any feelings towards it, you know. We had the team meeting, coach talked about it, and and now it's time to move on, you know. Um, Luckily, it's it's a short week, but luckily the offense isn't as complicated as Kansas City, you know. That that extra day helped us (laughs) with Kansas City, so this offense is more simple, more vanilla, Um, you know. um, I think it's more straightforward, you know. Obviously, we got to You know, be on our piece of cues because this is the NFL. They got great runners Crowell, uh, Bilal Powell, um, and and Nunwa. He's making plays. So, you know, we got to be on our our piece of cues, but it's not as as complicated as Kansas City offense.
1: Good stuff from Brandon Marshall, and we appreciate him taking the time to talk with us on a busy day. Next, my power rankings. Usually they come out on Tuesday. This week, they were delayed a day because the Broncos played on Monday night. In a conversation that involved a couple of squirrel moments, I share my rankings with Ryan Edwards and Steve Atwater, including where I have the Broncos, which is at a spot that is higher than you might expect. It's
0: time for Andrew Mason's rankings of power. Let's go get after it. Andrew, where are the Broncos? Come on. 14. What they climbed? They climbed. Wait, how did they climb at a loss? All right, here's what happened.
1: When we get to week four, I all that this is the point where I take previous years performance out. So, that's going to help the Broncos. Also, helping them just a little bit is an above-average strength of schedule. hmm And, I mean, they're just, they're average. They're in the middle tier right now. I mean, their, their offense
0: is... Uh, Two spots away from being a playoff team in yeah. your power rankings. Well... I mean, I'm just saying, you've take take top 12... Let's Look, see. I'm taking some, some liberties here. There, there are
1: AFC teams ahead of them. Baltimore, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Kansas City, New England, and Tennessee. So that's seven.
0: Okay, so they're just a couple of spots away yeah. from being a playoff team. There you go. I like this. You know what? You were glass half full in that first segment, and here you are coming back the other way. Awesome. No, An optimist realist. I like it. Keep going. Just keep up with that. I, I, can't, deny, I can't deny what the
1: numbers are now. What the is numbers inter- are what they are. Now, what is interesting, Ryan about the Broncos right now. In terms of offense and defense, they're not really, they're not great, but they're not bad. Like, offense, per possession, they're 15th in net points, 16th in net yards, 18th in first downs, and they're 11th in three and out. Defense, they're 22nd in net points per possession, 13th in net yards, 11th in first downs per possession, and 21st in three and out. So, they're just like in the middle tier of everything. Okay. Which is interesting compared to the, the last few years. Remember, you had the great offensive years of Peyton Manning, then the great defensive
0: years. Now you've got a team that's kind of in the middle of both. Different identity. Literally, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen just came across Twitter, so I'm having a hard time focusing, and it oh, was related sir. to the Broncos Chiefs game. What happened? I got to hear this. Okay. Uh, NBC NFL officiating. This is from Andrew Perloff, who was with The, the Dan Patrick Show. Terry McCauley says that the play clock is a guideline, not a hard and fast rule. Officials would have been marked negatively negatively, for stopping the play in the Broncos-Chiefs game. They would have been marked negatively if they would have stopped the play before the snap when it got to zero. What
3: does that mean, marked negatively?
0: Because there's a grading system for these re- the, the officials after the game, and this grading system... That can affect their pay, can affect if they get to play, they get to be, uh, be refs in primetime games or Super Bowls or playoffs. So there's a grading system afterwards. And he's saying that a ref would, the, the, the officiating crew, if they would have actually blown the whistle and stopped the game when the clock struck zero on the play clock. They would have been marked after the fact negatively. Why would an official even? That's BS. Why, would, why would they so ever they got, even so a yeah. So they got a check
3: mark for yes. not calling it.
0: Yes. Come on, man. Literally one of the dumb.
3: Come on.
1: Man. I am dumbstruck. Why even have the freaking play clock? Oh my God. Oh my God. If it's just a guideline, why even have it? I mean, it's like soccer, where the, the clock on the scoreboard—it's not actually the clock. The referee has the clock; he's keeping the time. He can decide whenever the freaking game ends.
3: Hey, man, I know this is a serious moment, but Mace, I dreamed about you, man.
0: What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really hope it was a this, normal. Yeah, no, yeah, wait, hold on, hold hey, on. Hold on. Yeah, Do yeah. you want to
3: explore? What- I dreamed. I, no, I'm serious. <laughs> and I, and I, 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 when I woke up, I thought about it. I'm like, damn, I dream about Maze. <laughs> I gotta remember to say something about it on air. So, what was the dream about? I'm sitting by my car. I'm out by a park somewhere, and um, and you 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 get up, and you're about to get out of your car, and you say, "I walk when I when I I walk when you get from behind my car." There was a guy behind your car, and you yelled, and oh yeah. It kind of woke me up and you remind me of that when you yelled. I'm sorry. That's okay. But yeah, Mayza, I'm sorry, man. I
1: get to a point where I'm pushed and I I, I fight back. I'm I'm like a
0: cobra. <laughs> this might be my favorite segment we've ever had. Is, like man. literally in the history of the show. I think I
1: I think that explanation from Terry McCauley blew about 20 microchips in my brain. I mean
0: I I That like, is so Freaking stupid. I just put it up on Twitter. I quote tweeted it saying, This might be the dumbest bleeping thing I've ever seen.
3: They well, said, uh, The degree system is flawed and needs to be fixed. Play clock, just a guideline. Oh, wow. Happen? Ridiculous. Mm. Stupid.
0: Farsicle.
3: No, oh, man. Mm.
0: Okay, so. <laughs> That's unreal, man. I'm sorry. It, it, I did not want to derail us,
1: but that. I don't know if I can recover from that one. Honestly, <laughs> I, I don't know if I if I can get back on track here.
0: Okay, well we we, we got to go okay. somewhere because we, we have got, eight minutes left in the section. So know. let's let's try to no let's let's, we, round, let's round out. Right there, okay, so you know let's reset because we because I know that you use the say. So let's reset. The Broncos come in at 14th yes. on your power rankings. They actually climbed as a result of strength of schedule. They climbed as a result of you not using last season's results. Against any teams <laughs> Which is going. Why forward. there's a lot of change this week. All right. So let's uh let's move forward from there. Let's, let's go talk to number about one. Number one.
1: Now here's no change. The Los Angeles Rams. The best team in football right now. Mm. Not even a bad strength of schedule. It's about average. They rank first. Number two,
0: Baltimore. Wow. Baltimore a, number two. That's a, that's a pretty big jump.
3: Nice, you tripping, tripping.
0: They were nine last week. <laughs> Well, I got to believe that with teams like Minnesota kind of falling back, Eagles losing, I got to imagine some of that's affecting teams like Baltimore and Cincinnati who are playing really hot right now. And the other thing is that on defense right now, they
1: are only behind the Jaguars. They have an, as we saw, they have an exceptional defense, and it's getting healthy. And they, the Steelers were running roughshod through everybody, and they shut them down. Yeah, Baltimore's legit. Oh, they got some players on that squad. Number three, Chicago. Ooh, the Bears. Again. Mr. Trubisky. Complete team. Good offense and defense that is playing very well right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. Number four, Jacksonville. I don't know about mm-hmm. that Baltimore
0: one, but. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville's going to beat the Chiefs this week. I'm just letting everybody know. That's what's going to happen.
1: They're going to put well. I was hoping the Broncos would put out the template for containing Patrick Mahomes, and for three quarters, they did. I think Jacksonville's going to refine that template. Now, can everyone replicate what the Jaguars do? No. They're talented at all three levels on the defense. A lot of picks should be interesting this week. Number five,
0: Cincinnati. They're playing great. A lot they, of sw- lot, they, that play to, to win with A.J. Green, Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, right now, do you have to say what they are
1: Per-possession offensive efficiency, they're behind only the Rams and Chiefs right now.
0: Wow. So, Bengals, five. Washington, six. Yeah, they're pretty high. They're, it's going to be a, a fun game against New Orleans this yes. week. I'm, I'm interested to see how they play against that.
3: They should get Washington the risky.
0: They're playing well. At
1: six? They're playing well. They've dominated two of their three games. Okay. Seven, Carolina.
0: Eight, Kansas City. Two teams with a bye last week. Both uh, pretty high in your top ten, okay? Keep going. Eight, Kansas City. Why
1: eight when they're unbeaten? Because their defense is as bad as their offense is good, so their overall offense-defense efficiency ranking is actually slightly in the negative. But they've won four. That counts for something. Uh, Their strength of schedule uh, isn't bad. That counts for something, too. It's, It's mediocre, so... They're 8th, New England 9, Green Bay 10, New Orleans 11, Tennessee still down there at 12. Thought they might be a bit higher, but right now, they're actually not a very efficient team. They're they below, didn't play they're, a great they're game. They're below average on offense, below yeah. average on defense. Yeah, they didn't play a great game. But they're finding ways to win. And also, point differential, they're just right there, uh, right there in the middle. So, nothing spectacular, even though they're 3-1. and one and have played a reasonably tough schedule. I think they may look better as Philadelphia improves. Philadelphia's 13. Denver, 14. Dallas, 15. Chargers, 16. Houston, really surprised how they bumped up, 17. Pittsburgh, 18. San Francisco, 19. Seattle, 20. 21, Indianapolis. 22, Tampa Bay. 23, Miami. Boy, they just fell like a stone in water with that performance last week at New England. Across the board, bad, bad, bad. Shredded on defense, inert on offense. And, hey, they got the ball moving late, but I rule out possessions that happen when you're down three three or four, four scores in the fourth quarter. Atlanta, 24. Oakland, 25. Jets, 26. Vikings, 27. Browns, 28. Giants, 29. Lions, 30. Arizona thirty one, Buffalo thirty two. You know, what I did like about you? Arizona and Buffalo are very close to each other, and yeah. they are they are way back from mm-hmm. thirty. There's a the biggest gap in the rankings is from thirty to thirty one.
0: Yeah, and I noticed they're right around Pittsburgh, San Francisco in there. I noticed just a kind of a clump of teams that are all kind of middling. Yes, they could maybe move up a little bit, but some of those are just going to stay back. I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, actually, it's a pretty high ranking there for San Francisco, and, and they play, played well with Bethard. I'm not discounting them, and, and you know that Kyle Shanahan's going to call good games. Right. Okay, but here's the thing: in this power ranking, mid,
1: middle of the pack, mid tier is zero. Okay, Denver's at zero point three. The Rams are at fifty six point two at the top. The Bills are minus forty nine point seven on my ranking index at the bottom. And all that makes the Broncos average with a chance to get better. We'll get into that when we go horsing around on Friday. Until next time, this is Andrew Mason saying take care and thanks for listening.